Hello, welcome to Baby Boomer's Guide to Life in the 21st Century. My name is Patricia Amphlett. You might know me as Little Patty. And with me is... Lex Marinos. You might know me as Little Chatty. <laughs> G'day. Nostalgia Town guest today is Val Fell, who's from the Wollongong area. She's recently become an OAM, and she must surely be one of this country's most remarkable seniors. At 93 years young, she's the oldest person studying at an Australian university, and she spent the best part of her life as a tireless campaigner for the rights of our senior citizens. Val was awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia this year, and her decades-long commitment as a community volunteer continues today. She's an ambassador for the Older Persons Advocacy Network, Dementia Australia, and the Council on the Aging. In January, she was appointed to the Aged Care Council of Elders. Val is studying a Bachelor of Dementia Care at the University of Tasmania to help her provide the latest evidence and research on care to her dementia support group. Very big welcome to you, Val. Thank you very much. Val, are you still studying? What are you studying? Actually, Patricia, I would like to say at the moment I'm studying dementia care but at the moment I'm taking leave of absence for the simple reason that I have so much on, I can't fit it in, so <laughs> I'll go back to it when I have the time. Of course you will. And when I read out what you do and all your appointments, I, I was wondering how on earth does she study at uni? So you can always go back to it, and that's lovely. You've been involved in dementia advocacy for many years around the Illawarra area of New South Wales. Could you tell us what influenced that interest? Well, I had my first look at dementia or Alzheimer's at that stage, it was generally called, uh, in the 1960s when my eldest brother-in-law uh, was uh, diagnosed with possibly having uh, a nervous breakdown because we didn't know very much about Alzheimer's at that stage. But a short time afterwards, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he lasted for quite some time. And although that I wasn't living with my sister and her husband, I obviously was able to observe what happened. Then the same thing happened with a younger brother-in-law. Remember, I'm the eighth person in the family of 11, so there were quite a few brothers-in-laws around. He also was diagnosed with dementia, although originally he was diagnosed with tinnitus. But this was mm. sort of because of the changes in behaviour of both gentlemen. Their journeys were different, but, you know, there were sort of underlying things there that were obvious. And then my husband was diagnosed in 2006 with dementia. I looked after him at home for quite some time. He passed away in 2013. By that stage, I had started to, um, because he spent the last couple of years in a nursing home, I began to arrange a dementia carer support group, which is still running. Uh, and uh, that's one of the reasons I started to study was I thought it would be, or well, the people in the group would have more confidence in what I was saying if they knew I had some academic knowledge as a background. I had already been part of dementia or it was then in those days it was called Alzheimer's Association but in 2017 I think it was it merged and all the states came together and it was called Dementia Australia because dementia is an umbrella word which covers all forms and there are many of them of dementia. I, I just went on to you know first of all I had it was just with Dementia Australia and then um, somebody from COTA rang me and asked me if I would help with um doing peer support for groups of elderly people, uh, talking about various programs that CODA were running at the time. 
And then more recently, I was asked to join OPAN, the National Older Persons Reference Group section. And then this year, it became the Council of Elders. So it's been a continuous thing. And Val, prior to that, your encounters with your brothers-in-law and your husband, had you had experience in, in the caring industries previous to that? No. I trained as a mathematics teacher. <laughs> I did science at Sydney Uni in the late 1940s. I was a teacher for three years at Skeggs at Moss Vale. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was there then. And then in 53, a friend and myself, uh, and I had met at the university, we, decided, we had decided that we would go overseas. So we went to London and we lived there for two years. And during that time, I continued to study in the field of mathematics, but particularly with mathematics statistics. And I became a statistician. So I was a statistician until I became involved in dementia. Okay. You were awarded the Queen's Birthday Honour in the year of the Platinum Jubilee, and uh, we all agree, long overdue by the sound of it. That timing was especially poignant for you, wasn't it? Yep. Tell us why. That's when Mary and I arrived in, in London at mm. the beginning of 53, uh, after spending five weeks on board a ship to get there because we didn't fly in those days. We managed to get seats on the embankment wow. after the after she was crowned and we saw them all come down. But mm-hmm. we were there for that, you know, sort of really um, glorious time for, for London. Must have been. Those were the days, you huh? Know? Although not everybody thought it was glorious because one of the persons who was uh, working with me, uh, we were working for the same company, came back to the office at lunchtime and said, oh, so crowded, I do wish these colonials would go home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where did you where did you grow up? I was born in Sydney. I was at St George Girls High School at Cogra in 1941 when my parents decided to go to the country because my father's business collapsed during the war and so he was offered a job in Mudgee. So I did the latter part of my high school education up in Mudgee and then I came back to Sydney to go to uni in 1946 mm-hmm. after leaving in 45 up there and came back to Sydney. And I stayed at the Country Women's Association Students Club at King's Cross of all places. (laughs) (laughs) How wonderful. (laughs) Were there many uh, servicemen around at the time? (laughs) No. no. You know, what about the Yanks? They were over here, over paid and over sex, weren't they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, that was uh, slightly different then. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All all the students there were obviously from the countries. There was only one place for country female students to stay. If they didn't get into the women's area at the uni, there was Tremaine. Was it Tremaine? Yeah. Mm. And and then the country women's people started this off. It only lasted for a couple of years and then mm. the building was sold. Mm-hmm. And, and Val, you mentioned the, the period, and you, you know, it, it was the time of the Depression followed by the Second World War. What are your memories of those times? Were they hard? Well, yeah, I can remember doing training to get into an air raid shelter. <laughs> When I was at school, uh, that was quite fun. But apart from that, I was probably too young to remember a lot of it. But, no, we moved around and uh, a bit. My family moved quite often in various places in Sydney. But the reason for going to the country was my, my father um, was a bit of an entrepreneur and he had spent the eldest part of my family had spent some time in New Zealand where Dad was the advertising manager for um the Christchurch and Littleton Times, and they stayed over there 
Uh, must have been about six years because I had three children while they were over there. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, and he, while he was there, he became very interested in promoting New Zealand and that kind of thing. Mm. And he began possibly the first ta- first person to start what they call package tours. He did. He used to take people from Australia to New Zealand, and it was he organised the whole thing would take them all around New Zealand and then he would bring New Zealanders back to Australia and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So he ran that for quite some time uh, in conjunction with both the New Zealand government and the New South Wales government. So that stopped, of course, when the war was on. Somebody said to him, would you like to go to Mudgee and look after a hotel I've just taken over? So we moved the younger ones and Dad and Mum moved to Mudgee. Val, when you were appointed to the Council of Elders, that was a new body which came about because of the Royal Commission into Aged Care. Was it? Did you realise it would be a big involvement? I mean, how are you involved in that? Well, originally, when the Royal Commission recommended it, they recommended it to be a bi-monthly meeting, to you know, every two months to put forward the voices of the Australian elderly people, senior Australians of all nationalities, genders, etc., and. They said that there would be 12 people. Actually, it turned out there was there are now 14 because they had such a diverse group of people to cover and to cover every state as well that we now have 14 people who are very, very robust in discussions and really have a lot to offer. They mm. all have lived experience, you know, people being either in the dementia section, in the disability section, in law and in uh, OT and aged care management and nurses, etc. You know, they've all had that experience in their lives. It was originally to be that, but it turns out that we are meeting monthly and we are having jobs to do in between. <laughs> so, so, so it's a really big involvement. Val, you know, you, by your own description, it's a big involvement. Do you manage to stay stay in touch and connected with family and friends? I live alone because my husband passed away. Uh, and I have no intentions of going into a nursing home. But I have one daughter who lives close by here, but the rest of my family are scattered everywhere, you know, Warragamba, the Blue Mountains, Queensland, Melbourne, etc. I just manage. I spend a lot of time on Zoom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So your connections, I guess some of them have gone, but just speaking of the times when you grew up, can you remember the movies, the film you went to see, the films, the theatre perhaps, or the music you listened to in your youth? I can remember going to five o'clock movies in the city (laughs) Mm. Uh, when I came back in 54. When we were younger, we used to go to movies. When I was really little, it was great to go to a Saturday afternoon movie. (laughs) (laughs) But going to the movies was a very big thing in those days. I can remember my sister and her husband, they used to go twice a week. <laughs> they had book seats <laughs> twice yeah. a week, Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> that was uh, part of their lives and it was part of the lives of a lot of us, only the children, of course, the younger ones didn't go to the movies as often as that. But I, I can remember that one of the things that we used to do in the days when you didn't have a dishwasher, right, and after a meal, the younger members of the tribe had to do the washing up. So we amused ourselves by washing up, by propping up a um, a J.C. Williamson's book of songs. You know, all the words were printed there. They came out every so often, you know, Uh, and we'd sit that up and we'd all sing whatever was in the book at the time. Mm -hmm. 
while we were washing up. Was there a pianola there at the time or were, were they around in those days? I suppose oh, yeah. they were. Yeah. Although the other times that we used to have sing songs was I was with a group of teenagers when we were going through high school in Mudgee who used to play tennis together on a Saturday afternoon. And in, in between playing tennis, when we were having a cup of tea or that kind of thing, the owner of the or the daughter of the owner of the house would have us into their big family room. Betty would play the piano and we would all sing. <laughs> mm. Just whatever was on for the day. Well, you continue to have a very rich life and you've seen a lot of change in the world since you were born. Mm. What do you think is the most significant change you've witnessed? Well, possibly the fact that we're using what we're using now, the Zoom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I use this actual um, phrase at a, um, a conference that I spoke at in New York because in the 1950s, when I was on my way to London, I had never seen a computer. I first saw a computer in 1953 when I worked for Lions and Company in London and they had a computer which they called Leo, Lions Electronic Office, and it was the only one in London at the time which would it used to do all the, the figures for the government, et cetera, mm-hmm. and yeah. it took up the whole floor. And now we carry it around in our handbags. <laughs> and then 53 years later, I'm talking at a conference in New York, but I'm not there because I didn't go, <laughs> but I spoke at the conference because of Zoom, you know. That's the biggest change. We're so connected. We are connected and we, we hope to stay connected. Thanks to people like you, where uh, many Mature older people are learning about becoming connected and not so frightened of all the new technology and and Zooming. I think people just figure they won't be able to handle it, but it's pretty easy, isn't it? Val, please tell us your secret. You're so bright, you're so lovely, so lively. Is there a secret? I don't think so, really. (laughs) I ended up being an old lady, putting her foot into everything. But uh, I just think maintaining a sense of humour is part of being Mm. able to, you know, go out there and and speak to people. So putting your foot into it and, you know, rattling that foot around a bit, retaining a sense of humour, being connected, they're pretty good. uh, That's a pretty good recipe, isn't it? You've inspired all of us, Val. Thank you so much. And we wish we could talk to you forever, but (laughs) we've, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you on the television screen. (laughs) Pretty soon, we hope. And uh, many thanks. What would you like us to play? Do you have a favourite song that you'd like to play? Not really. All right. Can we pick one for you? Anything you like. (laughs) I'm sure I would like it. (laughs) I think it might be Forever Young. I think so too. Thanks very much. Thanks for fitting us into your busy schedule and... The continuing work you do with dementia advocacy is is fantastic and I imagine you must get sick of hearing it, but you're an absolute inspiration to all of us. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to go out onto the radio because that is very important to be able to get the message out there. My word. Anytime, Val. Anytime. Very thank welcome. You. See you, Val. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.